According to the consulting firm Bain & Company, the average worker spends 15%, yes, 15% of work time in meetings. Few, if any of us, can say that all that time has been valuable. We'll explore how to make meetings more productive from the perspective of what attendees can do in this episode of the Serious Soft Skills Podcast. Welcome to Serious Soft Skills, where we help you unleash the power of soft skills. Here are your hosts, Dr. Tobin Porterfield and Bob Graham. Take it away, guys. Welcome to Episode 71 of the Serious Soft Skills Podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Tobin Porterfield, and with me, as always, is Bob Graham. Together, we research, write about, blog, podcast, train, coach, and speak on soft skills, those personal and interpersonal skills we each use in the workplace to get stuff done. Comedian Dave Barry once said, if you had to identify in one word the reason why the human race has not achieved and never will achieve its full potential, that word would be meetings. We spend hour after hour meeting, and often the result of a meeting is nothing more than a call for another meeting. So, Bob, um, I know you've got some really strong thoughts on this. I, I know in my situation, ugh, I, I, I look at my schedule and see some of the meetings and I think, ugh, there's another two hours of my life I'm not never going to get back. So, uh, wow, talk to us about uh, how it really affects us as an organization, as individuals in an organization, and what we might do about it. So you're saying that two hours is like watching Instagram feeds, right, Toby? Exactly. Exactly. You get all done and think, huh, that was unsatisfying, and I won't get that time back. I have other stuff to do. Well, Toby, my perspective on meetings goes way back. I used to be a newspaper reporter, and as you know, newspaper reporters spend a great deal of time at meetings. And I got to tell you, nothing was more frustrating than a planning and zoning meeting in a local county or a school board meeting, or the uh, 4th of July parade committee meeting that would run for three, four, five, six, sometimes seven hours and achieve absolutely no result. So I will tell you right now that my bias about meetings goes all the way back to that. In more recent years, though, I've been both the person who's called meetings and been asked to attend meetings. And I've got to say, most meetings I go to do nothing more than drive people crazy. And most of the time, I think that any meeting, if you think a meeting is going to take an hour, I think you could probably get it done in about a quarter of that time. In fact, I would propose the Graham theory of meetings, which would be that whatever amount of time you think a meeting should be allotted, divide it by four. So if you think that meeting is 20 minutes long, it should be five minutes long. And part of the problem is mostly we don't really know why we're going into meetings. Often meetings just get called, and I think of the weekly meeting or the monthly meeting or, God help me, the annual meeting where uh, at one company I worked with, the CEO would say two days before the meeting, oh, the annual meeting is coming up in two days. I should start putting something together. Now, I would have thought in that case, if you're going to have an annual meeting and have all the employees stop their work to talk to you or to listen to you, you would have started thinking about it more than two days in advance. But clearly, that's not always the case. And I think some people, I don't want to name names, but some people actually determine their importance in their organization or in social groups by how many meetings they're called to. 
when in fact they would be more valuable to their organizations if they were at fewer meetings. So, Toby, you have a lot of meetings that I know you go to and also a lot of meetings you call. What are some of the markers you do to make sure that those meetings aren't wasted time for people, including yourself? <laughs> you know, uh, I think we have to put on two different hats on that. One is the meetings we are uh, called into where we really must attend. Our, our participation is expected or mandatory. And then we're forced to try to shape that experience as much as we can in advance versus the meetings where that we're calling where we have a little more control over what's going to occur and we have the opportunity to decide how long that meeting is going to be, um, what, who's going to be at that meeting, how we want people to prepare for it. So um, I'd like to kind of focus on the other side of the meetings that you're called to, that, that you need to attend, and how can you upward manage those? Sure, that's an admirable task that uh, few, few even take on, much less achieve. Do you, um, why don't we take a break, Toby? I know it's early, but let's take a break because we're going to come back with some suggestions for how to do exactly that, and I don't want to break them up in the middle. So we'll be right back. Let's take a short break. You're listening to the Serious Soft Skills Podcast. Could your business benefit from learning more about soft skills? We've been working with companies to help them identify their employees' soft skill portfolio and how to improve their workplace leveraging those strengths. Could this help your business? Well, if you feel like your team, your office, your company is stuck, not as productive as it should be, missing deadlines, constantly infighting and sniping, Have key employees left for better jobs? Do you or the people you work with hate going to work? Our soft skills training can help. To learn more, call 937-SKILLS-5. That's 937-S-K-I-L-L-S and the number 5. We can talk about how we can help your organization with a customized soft skills plan of attack. Again, to learn more, give us a call at 937-SKILLS-5. Now, back to the Serious Soft Skills Podcast. So we've been talking about meetings, and we had that incredible statistic at the beginning that the average worker spends 15% of their work time in meetings. That is just staggering to me, Toby. I, I But I was thinking about it last week. I saw that statistic about a week ago, and I've kept it in the back of my head. And that's probably a little light for me. And I think based on what I see of you, that's actually probably a little light as well. And I would question how many meetings that we attend where we're actually contributing or receiving value from them. And that's where I think we want to talk about. We were talking before the break about up management in terms of how do you manage a meeting if you're not the person calling it so that it doesn't devolve into a bad situation where nothing is being achieved. And Toby, I think you have a couple of hints for what we can do to make the meetings more valuable as an attendee, right? Sure. And I think that starts right from the beginning when the meeting's called uh, or even hopefully even before it's called where there's some discussions about it to really challenge and say, oh, hey, what are we what are we going to look to accomplish? What? Uh, and we just had a prior uh, episode of our podcast where we talked about intentionality. What's the outcome of this meeting that will need us to come together and discuss? So as meetings are starting to take shape and they look like they're going to appear on the calendar, um, I'll often encourage the person organizing with some questions like, uh, what's the start time and the end time? 
And so many meetings I see get scheduled with, oh, here, we're meeting at 9. Okay, is that 9 to 9.30? Is that 9 to 10, 9 to 11, 9 to noon? What's the intention on that? And then uh, I think you've always been a good advocate for saying, oh, and hey, send me the agenda in advance. I want to know what we're going to be talking on so I can come prepared. Interestingly, I've tried to change the tone of some of uh, the meetings that uh, I need to orchestrate in, of course, sending the, an agenda out ahead of time, but also uh, uh, being very specific with the people that are attending of what I expect them to come ready to do and communicating that, hey, the reason we come to these meetings is because we need input and and sometimes the emails get uh, just blow up into all these different comments that are hard to find and, and sometimes the um, – um, information that's shared at a meeting could have just come out as an information sheet in an email. And so if, if I'm just going to a meeting and someone's going to talk to me and, and tell me the, the six points of our new strategic plan, if there's not going to be a discussion, I probably don't need to be there. We probably could just have sent an information email. So when I see a meeting and I look around the table and there's eight, ten of us have been called out of our of our other work, I really am looking for a rich discussion where each of us will contribute and will come away from it with a clear understanding of where we're going. They are not a vacation hour, are they? <laughs> not by any means. But I know for many, that's how they look at a meeting. You know, it's just, oh, well, I don't, I'm tired. It's three o'clock. Do it. I heard someone that I worked with a couple of years ago say, oh, let's do a meeting at four o'clock because I don't really want to do any work after four o'clock anyway. Now, imagine how that meeting would uh, occur and what would what would be achieved at that meeting. Definitely. Oh, hey, and you said we were doing a list. I, I lumped some things together. So let's break that out a little bit. Uh, number one, uh, an agenda in advance with uh, start time and stop times. Yep. Uh, staying on that agenda then once the meeting uh, is is rolling with the intention of having some follow-up uh, minutes and notes. And I would also challenge, and I've, I've pushed this back to people sometimes, say, hey, you know, if we have a meeting and there's not some action items that come out of it, we should never need to have that meeting again. So there should be some, not only some notes of what was covered, but there should be some things that are going to happen as a result of the meeting, some specific actions that if we're going to meet again next month, then we should be able to return to those and say, ah, we, we accomplished you know, this, this, and this that we were supposed to, and we got the result. Oh, good. Now let's move on to the next thing. Uh, it, there has to be a culture, which is difficult in many meetings because uh, uh, there's been a, uh, a little bit of pressure sometimes to... Uh, just accept whatever's thrown out, a concept that's brought out, and not really honestly discussing it. So we need a culture in meetings where there can be open discussion and honesty about uh, misunderstanding of where we're headed, uh, clarifications, and then how we might achieve that goal. And so if somebody's coming to the meeting, they should have something to contribute. So again, I would, if I left, if I went to the meeting and I left the meeting and said, hmm, I never did speak that entire time, again, I probably didn't need to be there because I didn't add anything to the conversation. It's also probably not the time to be checking email or checking Instagram or any other social media because I know when I go to meetings with clients and someone's at the meeting and they're playing on their phone or they're checking their email, it just says to me that this isn't important. And my first reaction is, why are we even here? 
There's going right. to be a better use of our time than watching you do your email while I talk or you going, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Can you say it again? Because you weren't paying attention. And we see that so often. And that, you know, when we think of organizational culture, Toby, we talk about the big organization, but I would actually tell you that meetings take on a culture of their own. I was lucky enough to be at a local company a couple of days ago, and the culture of their meeting was no one did anything distracting. And they didn't talk over each other. They affirmed each other. They clarified. It was a beautifully run meeting from a logistics perspective and from a how do we achieve results. And there was no wasted time. It was really a model for a meeting. I said that to the organizers afterwards, and they were really surprised. They expected some other response. I said, no, I wouldn't give you any advice for changing it. So it can be done. It just requires everyone in the room to admit to say, we're not going to check our phones. We're not going to bring our computers. We're not going to act like we're taking notes on our laptop when we all know that you're really just writing that report or checking the spreadsheet for your next meeting. Right. And, you know, you mentioned at the beginning of this uh, podcast about taking the time, you know, dedicated for a meeting and dividing it by four. And, uh, you know, over I, I know the culture of many of our organizations, we've just become so lax and we schedule two hours for a meeting because, well, you know, XX and X are going to show up 15 minutes late. And then they're going to interrupt whatever's going on, and then we're going to have to restate what we'd already done, and then you know this one's not going to be ready, so they're going to have to sit there and read the minutes from the last meeting. And so we build in all of this unproductive time and say, yeah, we're going to have to meet for two hours because that item that should take 30 minutes, well, it's going to take two hours. And it is really hard to change that. Well, but it's funny, Toby, you and I both worked in the climate where that approach to a meeting, if you consider a college class a meeting, does not exist. You don't go back and reteach if someone comes in 20 minutes late, right? I certainly have never recapped for someone who rolls in late. It's like you missed out. You lose. Yeah. Get the notes from somebody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so we've uh, and I so I would encourage our, our folks listening to really think through um, and and many of us have been frustrated with meetings and and to unwrap well why is that? Is it is it people aren't prepared? Is it the wrong people are at the meeting? Is was the meeting not even necessary to begin with? And so there's some really simple steps to take to start to tune that up and then folks can come a little bit more uh, ready and expecting that something will be accomplished rather than the dread of, oh, and and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's that meeting we didn't need that's going to be too long. And I look at my watch and go, oh, it's a two o'clock meeting and I really don't want to be there. So, boy, if I show up 15 minutes late, that's that's four more things I could get done before I have to go to that meeting. And so we uh, and it just spirals out of control. I, th- I think you described that really well, Toby. It's like you've been through this once or twice lately. <laughs> Yeah, very recently. Every Wednesday, I think, would be how how my schedule works. Are, are so, you uh, talking about our meetings? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, we do Thursday mornings. So. That's right. Yeah. And our, our meetings always have coffee and breakfast, so at least there's some reason to be there. 
Yeah. Oh, and you know what? Let me uh, before we close. Let me let me bring one other because I know we've got some uh, folks we've worked with over the, the years to do this. Is stand up meetings, and I yep. just think it. And I know in one organization I was working with, we implemented that. Um, and uh, the stand up meeting really is a, a a nice way of approaching some of this when there needs to be that status update each week. Uh, we did that in project management, but we uh, and for those that haven't. Uh, use that method is, you know, we had a set time and I think it was two o'clock on Thursdays because it gave us time to to make any corrections and have things running smooth before the weekend. But it was a stand up meeting. So everybody brought any information they needed. We literally did not have chairs in the room. We each gave our updates. We did our action items. And since there were no chairs, we weren't sitting and bringing computers and notes. And, you, you know, it's really a focused, productive, okay, now go get back at it. And so uh, there's many opportunities to use that format. doesn't work for all types of meetings, but I'd always question a meeting, say, hey, are there ones we can convert to a stand-up meeting to make sure that they move quickly? And Toby, uh, I sent you that story in the Wall Street Journal a couple of days ago where we're seeing more walking meetings where people are getting together and two or five or four people are walking around a building or through a courtyard or something as another means of getting people away from just sitting in a in the comfort of a conference room and having a meeting and i think i like the walking meeting because it gets you some fresh air it gets you circulating a little bit and it also forces you to slow down what you can accomplish and i think creativity comes when you have more blood flowing that's great. So I think we yeah, we really came up with some uh, – put some things on the table of ways we can maybe uh, raise the bar on meetings. So uh, we better wrap it up. Uh, that's it for this episode of the Serious Soft Skills Podcast. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. In the meantime, we've got our Serious Soft Skills Minutes, which are just small bite-sized one-minute or so uh, – uh, or so. attacks or so As, when toby does them they're or so and when bob does them they he does one minute no minor uh, or so oh okay all right we not got to be confused with orzo the grain that would be different and uh never mind and so <laughs> no, uh, go we, ahead toby come on we're posting those m- several times each week so uh get your uh, quick insights from there and then we plan to be back every other week uh, with these full-length episodes. We want to hear from you, share a story, pitch a topic for an episode, or get help with a soft skills challenge. Uh, you can tweet us at Real Soft Skills, or you can email us at podcast at SeriousSoftSkills.com, and you can always call us at 937-SKILL-5. That's 937-S-K-I-L-L-S-5. Until next time, thanks for listening. Good day and good soft skills. You've been listening to Serious Soft Skills with your hosts, Dr. Tobin Porterfield and Bob Graham. If you like what you hear, then take a moment to review us on iTunes. Looking for more insights on soft skills? Then check out our website, SeriousSoftSkills.com, for blog posts, newsletters, and other resources. And look for a new episode of Serious Soft Skills every Wednesday. 